I learned the meaning of the word media naranja, <laughs> half an orange, on the day my husband died. We were in Lake Tahoe. We loved Lake Tahoe. We went there once a year or more. And we were having breakfast at our favorite place, Heidi's. And I had ordered half a grapefruit. And the waiter, who spoke Spanish, said, oh, media taronja, half a grapefruit. And he says, you are each other's media naranja, your other half. Dennis and I frequently, when we'd see a couple, very old, and we'd see their hands holding each other, we'd say, that's going to be us. I didn't know I wouldn't grow old with him. I met Dennis after moving to Tucson. I moved from El Paso, Texas, where I was working for a TV station. I was about 30. Everything was going great. I was dating a coworker. He was voted the most eligible bachelor in El Paso. <laughs> That's like the most eligible, eligible bachelor in Fresno. <laughs> so I'm riding high, everything's going great. And we wrote the newscast together, was really. Then one night after the newscast, he sits me down in the green room and he's looking really uncomfortable. We'd been dating about a year. Again, my biological clock is like ticking. And he goes, Kim, I, he looked really uncomfortable. He goes, it's not you, it's me. I just don't want to get married. And I was devastated and I went to my friend Lisa's house and I stayed up all night crying and she comforted me. And then I kept working with him and there were, we'll call him Bill, okay? He looked a lot like Ron Burgundy. I thought that was hot. <laughs> and other women would call the newsroom, is Bill there? And I thought, I can't deal. So I started fishing around for another job, and I got one at a television station in Tucson, Arizona. And I left to take this job, very relieved. I didn't have to work with him and deal with this. Then... He got married six months later to let me know it definitely was not him. It was me. <laughs> Being dumped is awesome. I mean, self-esteem, no self-doubt at all. You know, it's like, it's okay. I'll never find love. It's fine. <laughs> so I'm in Tucson, Arizona. I really love my job. University of Arizona. I was working for KUAT-TV. It was good. And I had four cats, and I had a plan. I was not going to date anyone anymore. <laughs> I was going to die. My cats were going to eat me. <laughs> we got this. Finally, I started to make some friends, and one of my friends, Cindy, said, you know, I have a friend I think you might really like. And I went, oh, all right, whatever, I hate men. No, I don't want to. And she goes, no, his name's Dennis. And I went, oh, what's he do? And I'm hoping he's a Renaissance man or something, or maybe an author. He's an engineer, a mechanical engineer. And I went... He probably can't even talk. I don't want to talk to him. And I just, so I had his number, and he had mine for three months. Neither one of us called the other one. He had had experiences of his own. He had been dumped, too, and by a longtime girlfriend. And then he started to kind of date around, and he took this one woman he kind of liked to a Mexican food restaurant. And they're sitting there about to order dinner, and she says, Dennis, could I, could I change places with you? And he goes, well, sure. So they change places, and her back's against the wall, and, she, and he's you know, on the other side, and he goes, 
why did you need to change places? And she said, I just don't like my back to the door. And Dennis goes, well, why not? She goes, I'm in witness protection. <laughs> so like all through the enchiladas, here's Dennis. <laughs> so he was kind of soured on dating too. Finally, after three months, he calls me. And I thought, okay, here we go. Hi, Dennis. And I said, I have a lot of cats. You're not going to like me. My house smells like a litter box. And he goes, well, I'm a slob too. And I went, oh my God, really? So we talked on the phone for a really long time. Then we finally met for dinner on a blind date. And he had on his engineer date duds, which is an unironed orange shirt, short-sleeved. And yes, he had ink stains on one of the pockets, he did. And no socks. <laughs> yeah, he was Stalin. And, but after that date, I got home and I called my mother, who's here tonight. And I said, I think I met the woman I'm going to... I mean, <laughs> That's a whole nother story, okay? Not this audience. I said, I, I think I met the man I'm going to marry. I found out later he went and called his friend Dave and said, I think I met the woman I'm going to marry. We were engaged six weeks later. We got married on October 6, 1990. It was the hottest day in recorded history in Tucson. I was in satin. Dennis was in black, a tux. And we, you know, we were taking pictures outside of the church, and they're, they're trying to move a funeral in behind us, so they're draping the church in black, you know, and we're like trying to get the photos without the black sheeting. And then, of course, they're rehearsing. <laughs> dun, dun, you know, and then, yeah, and jo- <laughs> you can almost hear them go, hurry up, guys. Joe's not going to keep. <laughs> so we went off and we had our honeymoon in um, Hawaii. And he made me laugh every single day of the nearly 21 years I was married to him. Every day. Every day. Often more, he was always doing something weird. He was very imaginative. I'd come home and he'd say, you know what, we need a yurt in the backyard. <laughs> I'd say, did you take out the trash? I mean, <laughs> and another time, you know, you come in and he'd call me at work, we need to retire to Ecuador. <laughs> and one time he accidentally used the dog shampoo. <laughs> and he comes out, his hair sticking out, and I went, he goes, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. And then I said, my God, Dennis, is that the dog shampoo? And he goes, yes, but notice I have fewer ticks and fleas. <laughs> Another time we're out at dinner, I could not take him anywhere. And he orders the fettuccine Alfredo and a bypass. <laughs> he, we would go for trips to Lake Tahoe and Vegas, a couple of our homes away from home. And um, I would take CDs on tape. Sometimes they were tape. For those of you under the age of 40, (laughs) tape is what happened before CD. (laughs) So we would listen, and I'd bring stuff we both like, Robert Patterson, Dean Coots, whatever. And then one time I sneaked in a Danielle Steele. (laughs) Right? Your story. I I sneaked in a Danielle Steele, and and Dennis, we're trapped near Barstow, and he goes, oh, no, no, the romance, you know. But anyway, I sort of enjoyed that. And so he's sitting there miserable and he's mumbling and all of a sudden, you know, we're listening to the story and he goes, she should dump him. (laughs) 
that bastard. <laughs> and then when we got home, we hadn't finished the CD yet, so he takes it to work. <laughs> and he's in his little red truck, right? And the other engineers come out and go, knock, knock, Gregory, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, I'm listening to an episode of, it's a TED Talk, you know? <laughs> So we went up to Lake Tahoe in July of 2011, as we always did, and he brought his beach reading, which was um, the Bible of AC to DC conversion (laughs) and extruding your own aluminum. (laughs) So we were going to go bicycling one night in between reading these, you know, gripping toe tappers. And so we go, we get on our bikes, and... He's kind of slow behind me, and he never was. And um, so I was kind of waiting for him. We went to, went to an, an easy trip, and then I turned around and came back, and he still, I couldn't, I couldn't find him behind me. So I waited. I went off and took some photos of a craftsman house by the lake. And then I thought, well, maybe he's back at the car. So I got back on the trail and started to ride. And I looked down the trail, and I saw his bicycle lying on its side in the trail. As I got closer, I saw Dennis on his back in the weeds. For a moment, I thought he's resting his back. His back's been hurting him. And then I got closer, and I hope none of you ever have to see your spouse like this. His eyes weren't his eyes. His chest wasn't moving. I didn't have my phone, so I just started to scream. Fortunately, a 19-year-old was coming down the path and dialed 911, and before I knew it, there were five units there. There was the police and the deputies, and the deputies holding me up, and they're trying to do CPR on Dennis. And I threw my car keys to a stranger. My purse was in the car. I didn't care. And trusted that stranger to drive my car to the hospital. And he went in the ambulance. I went with the deputy. And at 7.43... On July 20th, 2011, my media naranja was declared dead. I was completely alone. Many of my friends from the star offered to catch a plane and come. I mean, many. I called my mom in Florida. I just felt like a raw burn. So I just needed my mom. And she threw like a couple shirts in a, in a suitcase and she flew out and I spent the night hugging Dennis's jacket. His computer was still on, there was half a Coke by his computer. So after that, I had the memorial. My income dropped by two thirds. So I had to deal with that along with the just stony grief. That's the only way I know how to describe it. The people at the Star, I will always be grateful. They collected enough money, they got me a grocery card so that I could make it through December. And I finally got some, I got a homeowner's affordable mortgage program, et cetera. Being a widow is very busy. And I was able to hang on to the house for two years, but then I had to sell it. Months pass, and finally my friends say, hey Kim, you know what? You know, I was kind of trying to heal. They said, why don't you try you need, you need a guy in your life. And I'm like, no, no, I really don't. And they said, try online dating. And I went, oh, God, no, no, no. <laughs> they finally convinced me, because one night I was trying to move something, and I couldn't, and I fell back on 
to the floor and just started to cry. And I realized I couldn't do this alone. So finally I thought, okay, I'm going to go on, but I'm going to say, hey, I'm not ready to date. I'm just going to stick my toe in the water. So I go online and I look at what's out there. <laughs> Hi. I'm 50, but I look about 40. Here's a picture of me and my wife beater in the bathroom stall. It frames me nicely, don't you think? I have eclectic taste in music, and I love walking, walking on the beach. And I thought, oh my God. So in mine, I wrote, oh, and I love going to the gym because <laughs> I have big muscles. So then I wrote mine, and mine said, I am 56 years old, and I look about 56 years old. <laughs> And I hate going to the gym. I hate it and I hate jazz, okay? And I said, you know, I, I can slay my own dragons, but it would be really nice if I had someone to slay a dragon for me now and then. So I get this email from a man who said, I don't know anything about slaying dragons, but I do know if I were running away from one with my rear on fire, I'd like it to be for someone like you. Right? And his doppelganger wasn't, well, I look a little bit like Tom Cruise. Not him, no. His doppelganger was Uncle Fester. <laughs> Especially when he had a light bulb in his mouth, which... He was just so unassuming. Well, I found out later his name was Jeff. He grew up 30, 30 minutes from me in Colorado. Our dads both had PhDs in organic chemistry from the same university. And so I agreed to finally, finally meet him. We had a wonderful time. And then one day I'm sitting there, I still have on Dennis's ring because I don't know what to do with it. And I'm watching TV and I went, ow. And I looked down and my ring had split. The day was April 11th. That is Jeff's birthday. I know, I still get goosebumps until that story. So Jeff and I, we dated. And I realized this was probably going to, he was going to propose eventually. So I kind of went and I, I picked out my own ring and I put down 50 bucks on it because, you know, I'm not stupid. So, and I let him know if anybody was interested, yes, you know, that, that I have a ring on, on hold, you know. But I thought he would probably wait a couple years and so forth. Anyway, you know, we're not in a big hurry. And as we were dating... You know, I told him all about Dennis. He didn't mind how much I talked about him. He was so cool. And we went, Dennis's ashes are in this redwood box. And he walks up to the redwood box and he says, Dennis, I didn't meet you in life, but I think I would have liked you. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to take really good care of our girl. And so he proposed on my birthday in 2015 and surprised me. And... Um, we're walking back to our car. It was in Ojai. It was an outdoor thing. And everybody's cell phone came out, you know, and they're taking photos of him. I didn't, really didn't expect him to propose right then. And he goes, you know, here's the ring that you put down on. And then he, and then he goes, and I got you some coffee cups. Clunk. You know? I, I like him smooth. I do. I like sophisticated. As we're walking back to the car... Um, I thought, oh, please just let this, Dennis, is this okay? My Median that on half from so long ago, please, is this okay? And Jeff goes, look up there. And I looked up, and streaking across the sky was a shooting star. 
and then it exploded in a bright shower of light. Thank you, Dennis, and thank you.